The following podcast contains adult subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. I guess choking chickens is out of style and choking pussies in. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box with Juan, Tim, Doyle, Gabe, and a two-week-old cat that won't shut the fuck up. Hey, everybody, welcome to Thinking Outside the Long Box, where we don't judge the intelligence level of your cat. I'm Gabe. I'm Tim. I'm Doyle. I'm Juan. And today we are going to be talking about our pop culture classic. I guess it's a classic, Donnie Darko. <laughs> oh, it, whether you like it or not, it definitely fits the criteria. No, it one hundred percent does. Who so, like this here... wet hot pile of hobo shit of a movie. <laughs> uh, I, have... I can't take anything you say seriously when it comes to what's a good or bad of a show. <laughs> Like you not liking, it's almost a boon for its existence. It, 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 <laughs> does, it, it does really convince me that I should have liked this movie more. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Look, this movie is like the ultimate late '90s, early 2000s try-hard movie. Like this is the movie that the guy that really, really wanted to be the coolest kid in the room watched like 15 times and wouldn't shut the fuck up about when you were trying to drink coffee at like Denny's or something like that. That's not the movie's fault. It isn't the movie's fault. But I remember what you're saying when it came out. That was absolutely the truth. It was like everybody was like, I get it. You don't. Everything about this movie is cliche. And it was cliche before this movie came out. All right, like, like this, this movie was like designed to be a hot topic wet dream. Okay, this is a little long. Okay, Donnie Darko right. is a 2001 American science fiction psychological thriller film. No mention of of different dimensions or time travel. I guess film written and directed by Richard Kelly. It stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Jenna Malone, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Drew Barrymore, Mary McDonald, Catherine Ross, Patrick Swayze. Noel Weil and a shit ton of other people. The film follows the adventures of the tr- troubled titular <laughs> character as he seeks to find the meaning behind his doomsday-related visions. Filmed over the course of 28 days, which matches the passage of time in the film. Wow, that's not very long. Donnie Darko was almost released straight to video. It was screened at the Sundance Film Festival Should before receiving a limited theatrical release on October 26, 2001 by Flower Films. Due to the film's advertising featuring a crashing plane and the September 11 attacks that transpired a month before, the film was scarcely advertised. The film grossed over, just over $7.5 million on a $4.5 million budget. So it probably, if it made any money, it was like half a million dollars with whatever the advertising budget was, I bet. I watched the commentary this time around because I've seen the movie several times and it lost money for sure. A lot of, lot of Halls, a lot of, lot of famous people in this movie, though. I love how you're doing the credits and you basically waited to get to Swayze and you're like, eh, who fucking cares? All right, let's get on to something more interesting. So, like, so here's the thing. Like, I enjoy movies that are, like, evasive and have, like, you know, hard-to-follow plot lines and things like that. I really, really like movies like that. The thing I fucking hate about this movie is it 
does all of those things, but to like no purpose. There's like no real reason to do it. The soundtrack is just like nostalgia bait. The framing and the shots, it's like it's like every single shot in this movie feels like the end credits of a Grey's Anatomy episode. You know what this fucking movie is? It's the twilight of the 90s. Ugh, yeah. Everything is so cliche and contrived. I don't think it was when this movie came out. I'm sorry. I think it was, man. Like, there's taking so much from things like like American Beauty and, like, Buffalo 66 and a lot of independent films that had, like, come out before them. Oh, yeah, but that... The independent just, movie film like hadn't blown up like that genre at this point yet, though. Bullshit, dude. That's like post Pulp Fiction and all sorts of stuff, man. Like uh, people were flocking to places like the Mayan in Denver to see independent movies because it was the cool thing to do back then. And this one was just pandering to like the lowest common denominator of independent movie fan. Like I just I this movie I, is like the try hard movie. I, I feel like it. you can feel that way about it, but after listening specifically after listening to Richard Kelly talk about the, the movie and how he made it and why he made it, I definitely know that it's not what he was doing. I mean you can feel any way you want about it. It doesn't doesn't project on what the person was doing when they made the film. Yeah. By the time the film's run closed in the United States theaters on April 11th, 2002, it had earned just $517,375. So it did fucking awful in its theater run. Oh, yeah, it lost money for sure. And most of that was just because of when it happened. Like, it did come out, like, September 11th, you know. Yeah, that like, is like very right unfortunate. After, a lot of movies like really suffered from that. I don't know. Like, I guess like for me more than anything, like it is interesting. It's a decently well written movie, but just everything about it is obnoxious to me at this point. And I know that that's probably more about me than it is about the movie. But I just have a really hard time separating like my opinions of the movie from actually like watching the movie. I I just thought it was super, super slow. You know, I, I I thought it to get where it was going took probably half the movie before you kind of start understanding what the fuck's going on. And it it just took forever. Like there's nothing. I know we, I think we've said this a a little bit about a few of the last things. Oh, it was because we did a lot of pop culture shit recently and it's just so, it was just so slow. Like, I don't even know how else to put it. It just was such a slow movie. It didn't catch my interest at first. I think, like, I think part of that slowness is just all the, like, deliberate shots that are, that take a while because they're over the the course of, like, several minutes of music montage. Like, there's just so much of, like, He's riding his bike to an 80s song. Like, they're dancing in the school courtyard to an 80s song. Like, there's so much of that that it's just, it makes the pacing of the movie really, really weird. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you like it, Doyle? Tim's muted. Oh, okay. It says his um, thing is muted. I don't know how to unmute him. Tim, are you are Tim, you dead, you're muted. Tim? Am I better? There you go. I don't know why I was muted. Oh, the air conditioning was being, like, super, super loud. 
So oh, game I, you didn't do, evidently. No, I think Juan did it. I did. Oh. Again, we're talking about audio problems. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why did Doyle like it? I want aside from I, aside from. I want. Oh, go ahead, Tim. I, I I am curious to know why Doyle is so defensive of this film. I'm not defensive. You you can hate the film. I can like the film. I I know I'm in the majority of people who do like the movie, but I will like, tell you, just, Rotten Tomatoes is 87 percent uh, critic score, 80 percent audience score. It's like I don't have any problem with being on the opposite side. It's just all the reasons you guys dislike it, I I find appealing about the movie. I I really want to know why you like it. I I'm not I'm not saying basically like literally everything Gabe like pointed out that he hates. Like I find enjoyable about the film. I think the cinematography is done extraordinarily well. I think the the setup and makeup where you find it slow. If you unfortunately what Gabe is saying, what made people a tryhard is kind of true. You actually do have to watch this movie like 500 fucking times to see everything. <laughs> but every single clip is actually pushing the viewer further back into if if you understand the way he wrote the movie which you have to watch the commentaries and shit for which you shouldn't have to do all this to enjoy a movie by the way so i don't i don't downplay anyone who doesn't like it because of this shit because it is an obnoxious amount of time you should not have to devote that for a film but if you go through everything the way that he set up his universe and that the characters who are died or who are negatively affected because basically they're in a an alternate universe can come forward into this universe and kind of push forward, which his eventual giving up his own life to, to stop it from existing, that alternate universe to break it back down. You kind of see all that shit as it goes through the interactions and whatnot, which you don't catch the first time viewing it or the second time viewing it or the third time viewing it. I didn't. Anyway. I, I had to watch three or four videos afterward to figure out really kind of yeah. everything that was going on. Apparently, there were three different universes and it all had to do with this yeah. fucking engine shit. Like it was just it is one of those things, like you said, that if I. I mean, more on a lot of other things, I like reading into it and kind of. I mean, I read wrote a whole thing for Endgame when it came out, but I I, I think I just I just didn't understand this movie all the way through when I first saw it, and I don't want to have to watch it five hundred times to try and understand yeah, it. Like I said, I, I don't begrudge anyone who doesn't like it for but that reason. I, I feel like we're know. in the minority though. Like uh, eighty eighty and eighty seven. That's pretty. It's a pretty well liked movie. That a big part of that is because of its like critical reception. Like a lot of the time when a movie comes out of Sundance that's just like super fucking confusing, people just assume that it's really, really good because they didn't understand it the first time they saw it. And I think there's a lot of like critical reviews that came out when this movie was it was kind of building when it was like creating that cult movie status. You were seeing a lot of like reviewers talking about how great it was because they didn't really get it. And that's like, I think that's a really weird way to be about movies. And like, I get what you're saying, Doyle. Like, the cinematography is enjoyable, but it's also David Fincher's cinematography. You know, there's so much of this movie that's like leaning on other people's movies. But like, I, what, I th- what I think that you're not giving any like, credence to is it's just his first time making a movie like everybody does that when you read like an author's first book you can so easily see the influences from other authors like it's just i don't think people are doing that as like a, a biting thing that just comes across i feel like in people's first ventures so I, like, I just don't hold it against him is all i'm saying i, I, I guess, totally see what you're saying though i guess like, for me i didn't even realize that it was like his first movie like and for a first movie yeah it's pretty impressive but i mean it's yeah. just he only made a I don't know. 
before this, like a two minute short film or some shit like that. I don't. I I I don't. I usually like movies like this. I usually like time travely, fucking multi dimensional kind of movies, and this just didn't. I don't hate it. I just it just was kind of meh for me. It's okay if you guys do hate it. Like I said, I I've run into liking this movie. I've run into people who hate it. It doesn't stop me from enjoying it. Like it's fine. Certain people aren't going to like the movie. Like I said, the amount of time thinking about it, like picking apart the story to understand it is unnecessarily huge. Like, I, I don't think you should have to do that for a movie, but I enjoy doing that with movies. So to me, that doesn't hurt it. It only helps it. Like to me, when I hear like, Oh, if you go back through it, like 50 times, like you'll see this, this, that kind of thing makes me like excited to do that. <clears throat> I guarantee, I know that's not the same for everybody. <clears throat> and that was especially true at the time when it came out, when I was a small child today, it's a little less cause I have less time. But when the, when this movie came out, I was definitely very into it. As was my small group of friends like Bobby and Jared and all them. Evidently, Gabe was not. I didn't know that. I didn't remember that. <laughs> I I think I enjoyed it like as a movie when I when I first saw it, but I don't. I I think this also might be one of those movies that suffers from its fandom in some ways. Like I think I got roped into too many conversations about how great it was when I didn't really like it that much. And people were doing like the here's the deep breakdown of everything that happened and this and that. And I just didn't give a shit because it was like too much to want to dig into for one movie. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. And Tim, I think you can just unmute yourself whenever yeah, you I'm want not, to talk. I'm not muted. I just I don't I I honestly this is like one of the few films that I just do not give te- a single shit about. Yeah, not a fan. Never have been. I don't think I ever will be. This the uh, movie was shit on it. <laughs> the, the movie was completely ruined by my surroundings when it came out. People fucking hype this movie up, and I hate. I hate it when you have to watch a movie several times to figure out what the fuck is going on. That should be evident. I feel like if you want to watch a movie several times, it should be. Be more than what is actually going on. I think all of that's just driven by personal taste, though. Because we can go back to another movie that you have to dig way the fuck into to know what's going on whatsoever, which is the Cloverfield universe, and we all love that. But if you just watch Cloverfield, you have no idea what the fuck's going on. Well, no, <laughs> like the monster's not explained. Nothing but that's, has happened. It's just that's totally different, though, because. Cloverfield is like super easily accessible. Like a monster stomps a mud hole in New York City. Like that's the plot of the movie. The rest of the stuff, the extraneous stuff, is if you enjoyed the movie enough to dig into it. Like you can watch Cloverfield and enjoy the movie without having to know all that stuff. You can watch 10 Cloverfield Lane and enjoy that movie without knowing that it's connected to any kind of universe. I feel like you can do the same. You guys evidently did not. But I feel like you can do the same thing with Donnie Dark. I watched it the first time I loved it. That's why I went back through it to figure it out. I wouldn't have done that if I hated the movie. You're wrong. 
<laughs> no, I'm just I'm just saying like it just depends on your personal likes and dislikes. Like if if you didn't like the movie, obviously you're not going to want to do all that shit. If you did like the movie, you don't mind doing that shit cuz you like the universe that it set in. I just didn't understand it at the end of the day. I had to watch three or four other videos to understand it and I and I I think that's that's my problem with it. The Cloverfield was something that I understood. Like I may not have known why there's a giant fucking thing terrorizing the world, but I knew there was a giant alien killing things and they were trying to stop it. Like I could get the gist of that. I, I, it's hard to understand that when you're on a multi dimensional, maybe it's time travel. There's oh, a fucking yeah. bunny rabbit kind of like, it's just a harder thing for me to wrap my head around. And if Donnie I don't... Darko's suffers from being written less well by a first time writer. Producer. I mean like Cloverfield's more straightforward because it's just a more polished product by someone who knows what they're doing. Well, no. And like the original Cloverfield movie is like a no-brainer it's like handy cam like special effects monster like stomps shit like it's it's such a simple movie but it has such a big lore that you can explore if you get into it so well like how there's supposed to be several different monsters in cloverfield just saying well, i feel like i mean not that it's our topic i feel like the more you dig into cloverfield the Less that universe makes sense, but oh, for sure, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of opposites the Donnie Darko. <laughs> so I'm going to give Donnie Darko half a dimension. <laughs> Out of how many dimensions? Out of three dimensions, eh, half a oh. dimension. That's decent. All right. I mean, not technically. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a sixth. Is very not decent. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to give it half a dimension out of the infinite dimensions of the universe. <laughs> That's a lot of dimensions. That's good. I'm going to give it this movie is trash. <laughs> Watch Fight Club if you want to be confused and actually entertained. <laughs> I didn't think Fight Club was confusing like at all. I mean, I'm not saying I understood exactly what was going on. It just wasn't confusing. Yeah, I don't think that movie is very confusing at all. Watch no, what I'm, what I'm Watch saying Memento is if you, you want to be confused. <laughs> no, I'm saying if you want to see a 90s film that's done right, that's doing it right. Well, I guess Darko isn't technically a 90s film. I'm sorry, you could dislike a movie, but when 80% of people like it, like it, it, it did something fucking right. You just don't like it. No, I think it's all hipster bullshit. I think it's all a bunch of people jerking each other off, that's trying to hate. act like they're... If 80% of people are hipsters, they're, that's not hipsters anymore. <laughs> I can only... This movie's like this movie's like fine art. It's all a bunch of people self elating to make it seem like it's more valuable than it is. The movie's trash. Watch something better. <laughs> I fucking hate Donnie Darko. <laughs> <laughs> but like I could I could go Renwick on this fucking film. It's so trash. <laughs> Doyle, what do you give it? <sighs> I've already said I like it. Yeah, but you gotta give it a rating, not just a I already said I like it. I just don't even feel like talking good about this movie. I feel like Tim might Tim might shoot me or something. He's so far away. Not not really, actually. I, I, it's not like I have ill will to Doyle because he enjoys this movie. No, he's fine do. to watch all Gabe. the bad movies he wants. This, this doesn't affect me at all. I watch all sorts of bad movies. Gabe, white people are good shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not I'm really. Like, I'm only like three blocks away, dude. <laughs> He can't shoot you from three blocks away. He probably doesn't even know what direction you live in. <laughs> I don't. I don't know where Doyle lives. I'm, and I've even dropped him off at his house before. I've picked him up. 
I am three to four all the minutes houses. of speed walking away, sir. <laughs> all the houses on this block look the same. That's why I just got to do a drive-by. Anyway, moving on. All right, no, Gabe. I mean, personally, I gave it two thumbs up. I really like it. Right on. Well, with that said, be it's sure to check out, this out. It's not Outlander, but I love it, it's... personally. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair as fuck. <laughs> At least Outlander uh, had tits. Ooh, that is also fair. I don't even. I don't even. I don't even remember them. It's how terrible that show. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doyle hated Outlander so much he didn't even remember it had boobs. And on that note, be sure to check us out totlb.com, where you can find all of our social media thingy whatevers. And then you can also join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash TOTLB, uh, where we provide you videos of other things and stuff and extra content. And also, we love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting our show. Uh, Go from there to tinyurl.com slash TOTLBTube. Uh, Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell and do all the things that you're supposed to do on YouTube so that we can get a real YouTube URL that isn't ridiculous. And then finally, midgets happen. Midgets just appear sometimes in people's lives and you fall in love with them. It just happens. You're like, damn, I am in love with this midget. And then you die. If your name is Michael wow. Kirk, be sure to give us a call 970-573-6148. Let us know about your encounters with midgets or any ideas that you have for the show. And you can listen to our next episode, which is about the nightmares on Elm streets. Uh, <laughs> Many nightmares. Uh, hey, we just got a new subscriber to YouTube. Did we? It Did was we? me because I didn't realize I wasn't subscribed. <laughs> Damn it, Doyle! I've been telling one. you, we I've, got one. I literally Fuck asked yeah. you a long time Just ago, like Doyle, that. are you I thought, subscribed? I thought I was. You son of a! But now bitch. I am, and you could be too. <laughs> and if you thought you were, you weren't. We need, so what? Uh, that's twelve more now. 12 we more. need twelve more subscribers. Well, Tell your friends. Know. If you have friends, they're probably a lot like you. Maybe they'll dig this shit, too. Tell your friends. Tell your, tell your family that can take a joke and tell your family that you don't want to bother you anymore. Tell <laughs> all of your conservative friends about this show. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and we'll for never sure, have more listeners. If you know midgets, <laughs> send them our way. <laughs> With that said, I've been Gabe. I've been Tim. I'm still Doyle. I'm always Juan. And this has been another episode of Thinking Outside the Long Box. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast. Join us on Facebook and Twitter to get behind-the-scenes information for exclusive content and to be notified when new episodes are available. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent or reflect those of the Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast, Baron Space Productions, its partners, or affiliates. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is made available by its creators, Juan, John, and Gabe. The podcast is edited and produced by Juan, and Albie is the co-executive producer. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is a Barren Space production. <laughs>